Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find over 400 separate speaker feeds with over 400 speaker files, links for you to subscribe to the podcast, and a place where you can donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Mickey. Hi, I'm a compulsive overeater. My name is Mickey. Good evening, everyone. i got to tell you, it feels kind of weird to be up here doing this. I'm normally over there. You know, I like doing the leading the happy birthday deal and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but it is an honor to be asked to speak. I'd like to thank Atusa for asking me. And uh, it's an honor to, uh, to do service in OA. And with that being said, uh, I am unapologetic in my love for it. I love it. You know, I think, like I said last week, it's the best bloody deal in town. I love this thing. I absolutely love it. I want to tell you why. Because my life is just so much better than when I was out there. Because in my disease, I am crazy. I am like, I am a nut job. I become suicidal. You know, so we're just not talking about an abnormal relationship with food. We're just talking about there's not, there's not a relationship with anything. You know, it's just kind of crazy. So, and I process things in a completely different way when I'm in my disease. Now, uh, I guess what comes to mind is, okay, so I'm a kid. I'm 14 years old. Uh, you know, you might think that I'm from Brentwood, but I'm actually not. <laughs> Originally, I'm from uh, Northern Ireland. I grew up there the first uh, 22 or so years of my life. And um, so I'm on a bus in Northern Ireland. I'm 14. It's in the height of the Northern Ireland Troubles. I'm on a bus back to the boarding school, which I absolutely hate. And my parents do not listen to me. And I think they are bastards. And life is just really just a happy little thing, as you can hear right here. (laughs) Meanwhile, the bus stops and there is a security checkpoint. The British soldiers come on with the sniffer dog right? And you would think, oh, that's a good thing, you know, because it's important that we all be safe and that we be secure, right? Is that my thought? No. My thought is, I hope that goddamn dog doesn't snip out my mommy's sandwiches. I mean, it's literally like that. That's kind of how I go, you know? I mean, it's crazy, you know? And then in school, um, you know, I just, I just kind of accepted what people would tell me. So, in other words, if you, to- if you told me, okay, you're smart, okay, fine, I'd be smart. Now, on the other hand, if you told me you're stupid, okay, I'd believe that too. And so, you know, in my disease, I do not, I'm not the compulsive reader that will, you know, that will work hard and, you know, and that will study hard and get all A's. No way. I go to point of failure. That's it. Go to point of failure. Fail everything. Fail it completely. Complete apps. That's it. Shut down the whole thing. Now, this is not to say that I don't have some of the hallmarks of overeating. In terms of sneakiness, I totally have that. Completely sneaky. So that meant that while I wouldn't study, you see, for exams, it would mean that I'd have to cheat. 
completely cheat. I'm a complete cheater in my disease. So that would mean that I would be, yes, I am one of the kids. I would have the, the notes up my sleeve, up my arm, in the glasses case, on the back of the ruler, you know, in my ass pocket. It didn't matter where it was. You know, that was it. You know, and th- then the response that was, well, you see, I'm kind of stupid and I don't get stuff. And so this is, the, this is what I do. This is what I do. And my relationship with food was just nuts. Um, I, um, I just kind of couldn't get enough of it, you know. And then I had these behaviors, too, you know, that, that are kind of like not normal kind of behaviors. So, you know, normal people, you know, like if they eat a little bit too much, uh, it's like, okay, fine. You know, it's like, okay, well, I'm going to change that up, right? No, I don't go that way. My earliest memory as a child is that my mommy gave me, like, two British copper pennies. And uh, I went down to the local, you know, sweetie store, and, you know, and I remember I could get these eight eight little candies for a penny, and I bought 16 of them, right? That's my earliest memory. I bought 16 of these. And, you know, my overeating was already in full habit there because I had younger siblings, did I share with them? Hell no. I wanted to go somewhere quiet where I could be alone with it, you know, and eat them all. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of like to binge until I forget everything. And whatever it is, whatever it was about my life, uh, you know, uh, I, it just felt too, too intense for me. It just kind of felt too intense. You know, so this was the way to just cut this down, you know, because I guess as a kid, I didn't feel listened to. I didn't feel, you know, that, that uh, you know, people kind of cared about me or whatever like that. And of course, this was just purely that, my perception. So it was my perception of the world and my perception of you know, things that, that go on in the world. That's just completely askew. And then I also had this other kind of weird relationship with, with food where, you know, most people, if they eat too much, they go, oh, okay, well, I guess I had a bit too much, so, you know, no worries. Well, we'll just try better today and, you know, fine, right? No. I don't go that way. I wake up the next morning, and I'm in a hangover. I feel miserable. I think the world is going to end. I hate you. I hate me. And all of a sudden, I'm questioning the meaning of life and whether life is even worth continuing. You know? It's that kind of level of, like, kind of crazy self-obsession, you know, that I go to. And, uh, you know, how I... Um, how I manifest, you know, my behavior. In my disease, then, I am miserable, I am crazy, I am loony, I never feel a part of anything, I don't feel a part of you, I don't feel, you know, I don't, I don't actually kind of want to be a part of you, really. It's really terrible. I cut myself off. I do that isolating behavior, you know, that I think a lot of us realize. And then I would try to do other things. Uh, by the way, I also want to say congratulations to all of our newcomers and chip takers. It's just wonderful. Please keep coming back. It's, it's really wonderful. Uh, you know, as somebody else was talking about, uh, you know, this evening, um, I actually, even in my crazy disease, you know, I would try and work out all the time. Now, it wasn't the gym. I would just go and walk for miles and miles and miles. I'd try and walk for miles. Um, but then I'd go home 
you know, by myself. And then I'd have a, like a 15,000 calorie binge. Yeah, absolutely. Without thinking, I just have a 15,000 calorie binge. Then I'd go and I'd walk another 10 miles the following day or whatever it was, you know. And so that's why I wasn't, you know, 400 pounds or 350 pounds. I was, my highest recorded weight was somewhere a little north of 265, you know. Um, but I sure had the craziness and I sure had that, that wildness that, that kind of comes with it. So, um, so basically, it was, as you can tell, it was just really not a happy time. I first came into, heard about OA in the 80s. After I came here, I heard about it in the 80s, and I came into the rooms, and, uh, and at that point, I was willing, I met this really nice lady, and she became my uh, initial uh, sponsor. And I started working the steps, and wow, you know, just by doing that alone, just by going through the process, I began to have results right away. But we went through step four, and, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of myself. I thought it was a little bit too fearful, frankly, for me. And uh, so, you know, I told her that, you know, I did the, did the step five with her, and um, then I went on vacation. And uh, then when I came back from vacation, I heard that, you know, this person had decided to go another way, had left program. Well, you would think I would be sad. No, I was actually kind of relieved. Uh, because, good Lord, you know, that stuff is so hard. And, ooh, it felt painful. And I had to talk about what crazy shit and shit I had done and shit I hadn't done and all that sort of thing. And uh, I... Uh, I just decided to audit the class. <laughs> really, you know, the steps are kind of, you know, they're kind of annoying, you know. And so I just decided to audit the class. Well, you know, what I've kind of learned is that, you know, auditing the class and not doing the work gets me really what I uh, deserve, which is bugger all. Nothing. It gets me nothing. It gets me nowhere. I'll tell you what it does. It got me really crazy. You know, people go through different periods. Oh, this was my artistic period. This was my literary period. That was my suicidal period. You know, so would, so in that crazy suicidal period then, I would go and I would uh, binge, then would wake up the next day, I would have a hangover, a food hangover, then I would do alcohol too. Oh yeah, I got that one as well. And then I uh, sort of a double hangover, and then I would be freaking out about my life, I would be completely miserable, and my stomach would be in knots, I'd have to be taking all this stuff, then I'd go to the hospital sometimes, and I'd have the GI, you know, the cocktail or whatever like that to ease up my stomach, and I just couldn't understand why I was having all kinds of problems and why I was also coming out with contact dermatitis and all that kind of stuff. Couldn't understand why I was having all that stuff going on and why then I really started thinking about being suicidal and everything again. Uh, and so I was on a beach and uh, I kind of said this kind of weird prayer to the higher power and I said, God, as I you know, don't understand you or whatever, I'll do whatever you want. You know, I need help. I'll do whatever you want. Turns out it was kind of the, the, you know, the best thing I could have done. And then outside the rooms, I met my sponsor in the other program in AA, which is, you know, part of my, you know, recovery as well. I met him outside the rooms 
uh, I have 21 years. He is still my sponsor to this day. I talk to him every day. And I love that man for saving my life. Um, so, um, you know, what that did was... Uh, what that did was was that I was then willing to do the work but bear in mind you know I was free of alcohol but I found that that didn't work for me in here you know because I was still binging you know I would do steps with him I would work steps with him and as I remember one time I was doing steps with him um, I started binging on sugar right in front of him you know and he goes Mickey don't you have this damn problem with food and I was like oh, shit you know I better not binge in front of him again you know it's like God I'm a winner you know I'm off the sauce right but oh my god I was still doing the binging and still having all this crazy 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 stuff going on you know but I was sober and you know uh, for that I am incredibly grateful I was begin able to begin to make a start you know on changing my life around um, when uh, I met this other guy outside the rooms uh, at a social event and uh, you know he said that he had lost a lot of weight and that got my attention you know anybody that has lost weight or has made a change in their physical situation that that will get my attention as a as a newcomer and uh, you know I asked him how he did it and he wouldn't tell me and then I kept after him about it and then he finally told me it was this and then he wanted to, me to work with him and I held him off I kept holding him off and I said oh you know uh, you know I, I really have the other program and you know Dan is my sponsor and Dan and I have this wonderful relationship and we're just you know that's just how it goes so I called Dan up and I said Dan I know that you would never want me to add in another sponsor so he goes oh no Mickey thank God you've gotten into that damn deal the way you binge you know a lad like you your ass needs to be in there and you need to do those damn steps I'm like oh shit okay so then uh, shortly thereafter um, shortly thereafter I found myself in a public place um, and uh, and I found myself doing something I hadn't really done before which was binge in public and the binge was like this I was binging on a bread right Binging on bread, just one after the other, after the other, after the other, nonstop. And what came to me to my mind was, I don't like the taste of this. It doesn't taste good to me. I don't like it. I don't like the fact that I'm doing this, but I can't stop for the life of me. I can't stop. And, uh, you know, so then the next day, uh, you know, I called him up and I said, I'm willing to work with you please can I work with you I'll do the steps I'll do whatever you want and uh, and so you know I have been um, if you will I have that time from that time to list which is a little just over uh, 12 years now and um, and you know it's, it's kind of funny you know I suppose I have about an 80 something pound weight loss I don't really weigh I kind of worked the program, you know, um, with my sponsor. And what my sponsor had to teach me, what, they, what they've all had to teach me over the years, really the most important thing, look, 
you know, if I'm just going to focus on a food plan, if that's the only thing I'm going to focus on, then I can do any diet. I can do any diet. But you see, it's just not that way with me. I don't go that way. You know, it's like, because diets to me are like examinations, or like being told I'm stupid. I just go to point of failure. I have no success with them. I admire people that can do, com- that can do commercial programs and have success. I have none. I am in and I'm out the same day. It's literally, yeah. And of course, because I'm compulsive and obsessive about everything, I pay the whole money for six months, right? After six hours, it's over with. The hell with it, you know? I'm out the 650 bucks. That's it, you know? Uh, you want to do my diet for me? Whatever. I mean, it's, it's just, yeah. So... It just kind of doesn't work. So with me, I had to learn that for me personally, and it's just my own way uh, for, for me, and it may not work for you or whatever, but for me, it was like that the real problem for me centers in my mind. It centers in my mind, and it will not let me go. It will drag me like a dog through the streets. It will drag me and take me, you know, down the path of no return. It just will. It, it just will do that. So, you know, I just had to admit that I was completely powerless over it. I was completely powerless over it. That, and my life was so unmanageable. So my life at that time was that, okay, I was employed. I could show up for work. I could show up on time. Um, but when I was not at work, you know, I would be completely shut down. I would go to meetings, but then I would do this isolation. And there would come days and nights where I would be, wouldn't have to go to work, and, you know, I'd be off or whatever, and I would just isolate, you see. And then I would go, and I would know I was, no, I would know I was going to binge. So I'd go to the supermarket, and I'd pick up all this stuff, and I'd lie to myself that this was going to last me a week, you know. <laughs> I'd lie to myself the whole bloody time. And I'd come back, and I'd turn off the phone. Be very careful about that. Turning off the phone and make sure I have, have we paid the cable bill. We have good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, lock the door and uh, close all the blinds. And I would just go and binge. And I would just go binge, kind of until kind of oblivion, if you will. I would just kind of do that. You know, I would just kind of. That's kind of how it was. And that was really kind of my life. And so, you know, therefore, there are parts of my life you see that I don't really remember. You know. I don't remember, you know. I don't remember things vividly or, you know, clearly or whatever because, you see, um, because food just would numb me out. Food would numb me out. And at this point, I was no longer, you know, doing alcohol. I was no longer doing marijuana, which really was very partial to when I would get my little hands on that sucker, you know, and some other things. I was really beginning to go on that road, too. So I was so grateful for AA, you know, for helping to clean me up in that area. But um, when I became willing then, you know, to work the steps with my sponsor, like, in other words, I just got to the point where I said, look, I'm tired of this. My life is a mess I'll do whatever you want. Let me, let's just do this, you know. Let's just do this. You know, whatever you want me to do, I'm going to try and do it. Turns out that was a really good way to be, you know. Just at that point of, of, 
desperation. Now, the thing over the years, you know, like we look at our steps and, you know, we'll look at step two, which is, you know, came to believe that a power greater to my, than myself could restore me to sanity, you know. Well, I kind of, you know, oh, didn't really want anything to do with that. Well, don't you know, I was born in Northern Ireland. Look for that shit got us, right? <laughs> Crazy bombings and all that stuff. No, no, no. Not going to do anything about that. I'm not going to approach that. I'm not going to do that. You know, it was kind of interesting, really, because, you know, when I was, re- you know, when you read the big book, and Bill W. talks about how we have to kind of smash it into us, how it gets smashed. I mean, no mucking around. Smash it in. Uh, the idea of a higher power, you know? And so it really kind of had to be, you know, the first time around, it literally had to be smashed into me, you know? Um, you know, and that it was not my crazy ideas. It was whatever I wanted it to be, or not to be, you see. And so then, you know, uh, once I realized that, then the other part of uh, being in OA and, and of, of having the program was that the lights came on, you see. Then I found out, for me, it was just for me, why I was compulsively overeating. Why I was so unhappy in the first place, right? You know, because I used to do my disease, I used to do everything for everyone else. I did what my parents wanted me to do, you know, and I didn't want to do that anymore. And there was a lot of pain over that, and there was a lot of guilt over that, and shame, and and remorse, and everything. And I didn't kind of know how to handle it, you know. And I was finding myself now, for the first time in my life, becoming physically angry, and physically nasty, and willing to confront, and willing to just about get into fights with people. I mean, it was like, oh my God, this is not, you know, the regular little Mickey here. You know, this is not how he normally goes, you know. And um, so I really needed a spiritual, uh, I really needed a spiritual recovery here. I really, really needed a spiritual recovery. Because, I, because you see, food kept me safe, Right? So now I had to replace that. I had to stay, I had to continue to live, you know, do whatever the higher power really wanted me to do, and, and also, you know, to live life, you know. There's no point in, like, you know, if, I'm, if all of a sudden I'm now sober and abstinent and now I'm in jail, right? That's not going to be a good thing right there. So, um, you know, and... Um, I guess, you know, I'm sort of like, I'm kind of like all over the place. Like this, is, this is really not the share I thought it, it might be. It all is really <laughs> kind of different. So, you know, okay, whatever. The higher power will do with it, whatever they want, you know. Um, so, where I have been going now uh, over, the last, over the last few years is that... Um, you know, my whole relationship with the higher power, if you will, has changed. Um, my sponsor talked to me about, um, my sponsor Jim talked to me about um, making a contract with my higher power. So in other words, uh, and so I should basically say, you know, what abstinence is for me. Abstinence is not, abstinence as I define it, it's a gift from the higher power. 
It's not about food for me. It's not that I don't do this or I don't do that. Abstinence to me is a spiritual gift that's given to me from my higher power. And if I want that, I just ask for it. I just ask for it. And then what do I abstain from? I abstain from compulsive reading. That's it. Nice and simple. Not too difficult. See, I kind of need things kind of simple because I muck things up. Left to my own devices, I will muck everything up. So it's nice and simple, nice and defined. And so also in step two, you know when it talked about came to, uh, came to believe in a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. It doesn't... I can do whatever the hell I want with it. So in other words, it's not the kind of deal that I was raised with, which is very beautiful for a lot of people. But for me, it was just... I couldn't handle it. I couldn't bear it. I couldn't deal with it, you know? And so I absolutely now had carte blanche to work the kind of program or to have that kind of relationship, you know, that I wanted it. And so then it was wonderful. It was like, I don't like this, chuck. I don't like this, chuck. I love this, fine, I'm going to take it. Whatever I want. I have ultimate freedom in it. So, how very nice that is. Now I get to, now I get to go the way I want to go. It literally is, in that spiritual relationship, I mean, pun intended, literally like having your cake and eating it too. You know? It, it really kind of is. You know? And my sponsor would, would talk to me about, you know, and initially this really upset me a lot, about the contract that I have with the higher power. Uh, and, and the contract that he would talk about, which was done by an, his sponsor, an old elderly uh, a egg man that passed away was like that that God the higher power is the general partner uh, he holds 51% and I'm the limited partner I hold 49% right and my job is as the limited partner I do the work I do the work and I don't like that because I want God to be Santa Claus I want God come down and do everything for me and I do nothing but then what is God's part God does the worry so all of that anxiety that I used to bring into my food and into my food plan and into my life you know and all that stuff that I would worry about you see because I don't know about you guys but I am in my disease I am completely anxiety ridden I am completely ridden with it you know that's just kind of where I am. And so, but now, you know, that area is gone to the higher power. See, I do not want to break that contract. I do not want to break that contract. So, what does this leave me with? Well, this leaves me with, okay, I'm doing the work, okay? So, I'm not worrying anymore, okay? And where does it get me? It gets me for the first time into some kind of happiness and peace of mind. See, I don't know what you know what you like, but I know for me, I just wanted to be happy in life. You know, I just kind of wanted to be happy. I kind of wanted to, you know, kind of feel I was a part of stuff and and part of the universe and you know, just a normal human being. And so the program does this. The program does this. And then, um, you know, um, I am accountable you know, in my program today. So, you know, different people have used different things. And, you know, uh, I went to, for my food plan. I went to an, an outside situation. I went to a nutritionist, right? Because I don't know stuff. So I went to a nutritionist. I still see that person. I, and I, I'm compliant with what they say. And I'm also compliant 
you know, with my sponsor. Now I can write down my exercises because that's given over to the higher power. My, and my sponsor told me about, you know, when I go and I work out, um, the higher power becomes my partner. The higher power is my workout partner. And so I have a trainer. I see a trainer once a week. And I, you know, and I am the last person that you would think would like this stuff. Because I was like this little fat little kid. And I just, you know, I was never picked on teams, all that sort of stuff. My God, I am a kind of a workout fanatic today. I love that stuff. You know, I love going in there and I love lifting weights and I love going out for a run, having a swim. What the hell? Let's let's mix it up. It's really good. You know, <laughs> thank you. And I've had to kind of watch it over the years, you know, because there's been times I've gotten into, there's been a couple of times over the last 12 years where I've gotten into the deal where I'm thinking, you know, if I just keep working out, working out like crazy, this is going to bring me to the next level. <laughs> right? You know, I don't know what that means. You know, you know, when you think about it, what the hell does it mean? What is the next level? I don't know. You know, but, you know, and then you see, it was kind of like sexy for me briefly because I thought, oh shit, is that like that exercise bulimia stuff? Wow, does that qualify me for the bulimic end of the deal? Oh God, you know, it's like I love you people, you know. So it was like, no. So, you know, I couldn't do that. So I'd get to the point of exercising so much that I'd be injured and all that stuff. Can't do that. Have to do it right. Have to do it appropriately. Have to take rest days when they come in to be appropriate. And to take the higher power with me in this whole thing. You know, there's no graduation from this. There's no graduation. You and I, you know, if we're in this deal, we're not going to graduate this. We're not going to graduate this thing. This is not like one of these 90-day wonder jobs, you know. It's like, and it's such a tough deal, I think, for so many of us. Because when we go out there, you know, we see like the billboards. With, oh, look at this. And you can have this surgery. And you can do this. And you can do that. And you can do the other. And you can go on this weight plan. And you can eat cookies. And you can have this other thingy. And it's like, what the hell? You know, it's no wonder there's all kinds of confusion about it. And you see, I think all that stuff works very well. Some of that stuff works very well for normal people. That's not going to work with a guy like me. No. Because I have to have, unfortunately for me, unfortunately for me in the end, I have to have this. I have to have this. Because I muck shit up. You know, I, I just I just do. So now, if we go now to today, um, you know, what I just want to say is that I kind of like my life. It's very simple, you know. It's very simple and very nice. You know, I'm kind of shocked. I can't believe I've worked for the same, you know, company, if you will, for 17 years. I like it. I'm very happy in it. You know, I'm kind of like they have me do, they have me train like some new people. Because they kind of say, well, you're kind of pleasant. You're kind of easy to get along with. They don't know. <laughs> They don't know what kind of a whack job I am behind it all. They don't know the kind of stuff that, you know, that I would get up to. And, you know, they don't know that I used to be suicidal and all that kind of stuff. You know, so I just kind of go in and then, you know, I just do these little things. You know, like my AA sponsor would tell me, now, Mickey, you know, when you drive into work 
um, you know, you bring your higher power in there with you. And he was telling me about this lady that she would, you know, invite the higher power to sit in the passenger seat of the car. And so you have the higher power uh, with you. And I bring the higher power in. I invite the higher power in to my work. And when I do that, it doesn't matter how crazy it goes. It's a good day. It's just fine. You know, it's fine. And some days are less than perfect. It's fine. You know, because there's no graduation, we take the higher power with us wherever we go. And I like all this stuff, you know. I love exercise. I like, you know, I like the working out. I love the meetings. I really love you people. I really, really love you people. See, because that's kind of a thing I could not get. You know, I could not love you. I could not connect with you. And it was the reason I couldn't connect was because of me, not you. You're wonderful. There's nothing wrong with you. You're beautiful, you know. You all look beautiful to me in the company. That's kind of why, you know, you see me when I'm doing the happy birthday thing. I really get into it. Because I freaking want to celebrate you, you know. If you get a newcomer's chip, I am so bloody happy for you. Because I know what it's like out there. Don't you think I know what it's like? I bloody know what it's like. You know, when you have that terrible, terrible head and that awful feeling, you know, we think there's, we can't get over it, but we can, you know, we just come in here and we work this deal, and we do it together, you know, and it's fine, you know, life is beautiful, I just kind of want to finish off with this, you know, we had this thing at work, and they decided they were going to have a Halloween thing, and a fancy dress party, and my uh, program manager came up to me and said, Mickey, uh, I want you to I want you to dress up as a leprechaun. And, uh, <laughs> now the old me would have said, I'm not going to do that stereotypical bullshit. I get away from that stuff. The new me goes, Yeah, I'd love to do that. Who the hell else better to do it, right? I get in the gear. I have the green shit. You know, I have the green jacket. I have the bow. I have the hat. I say, damn it, I'm really going to jack it up. I brought in a box of Lucky Charms with me, right? We go dancing at the party, the whole crazy thing. I want a freaking award, you know? Because, you know, it doesn't matter anymore what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter. You know, I don't have to worry about this. See, life is really good today. So what I want to say to my dear friends in the room, especially any of our newcomers, please do not leave this. Please get a sponsor. Please find your way. And it's beautiful, I promise you. I just want to make the same promise to you that my AA sponsor made to me uh, when I started, which was Mickey. He said, Mickey, if you work this program, I promise you that your life will get better and better and better. Thanks for letting me share. Um, we have a couple of minutes, I think. <laughs> okay, yeah. How did you get to love exercise? <laughs> um, you know, that's really kind of a good question. And I, I don't even know if I'm aware of the answer. I just know that a lot of times the things will come to me in meetings. You know, when I get... Th- when something comes to me in a meeting, a lot of times it's pretty good. It's like... It was sort of like, you know, wouldn't you like to be more active in your life? 
It was sort of like that. And I went, oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then I just started, well, why don't we try? And then I just started trying. And I had to be really, really patient and loving with myself. That's one thing I've learned with that. I have to be so patient and loving and kind and merciful, you know, to myself about this. And then one, one time it came to me, another meeting, wouldn't it be wonderful if you found a trainer to, to learn kind of how to do it? I said, okay, God, well, I don't know any. So, uh, you know, by kind of outside the rooms again, I found a trainer. I've been with this guy for seven years. Eight years, actually, now. And another time at a meeting, you know, just on that scene, wouldn't it be wonderful, you know, if I learned how to eat in a way that would work for me? And, um, you know, and outside the rooms again, I found a nutritionist. And, you know, it just, it just kind of... It just kind of works for me. So it's kind of like that. Just kind of like be patient with it and loving and find what works for you. I'm always a big believer in whatever. If you want a Prezi, you know, if you want to have a little pair of headphones, you want to listen to some music. Personally, I love, I run now. I listen to hip hop. I love that stuff. Oh, yeah. I love that dance. Who the hell would have thought? I'm in my 50s, you know. But I love that stuff, right? I listen to that stuff. And Katy Perry and all. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I was never into the top 30 as much as I am now. So, yeah. Just be patient and, and loving with yourself. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Thank you for having me here.